Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Thai Gap podcast. It's a Thai Gap Thursday and we all know what that means. My name is Bogus Noog and with me as always is being brute and I don't know what you mean. I think this should be a new template for us like mm-hmm. Thai Gap podcast. We don't know what we mean. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um so brute this week we are doing AI. It's not easy. Oh, such a juicy subject. Topical. As always in the famous world famous it's not easy format yeah the template we start off by going into the context in which we are talking about but before we do that a very quick shout out to two of our listeners AV and Archisha for the basic reason for the shout out is both these folks have complimented the Thai Gap English podcast right right and uh, we really appreciate your feedback and thank your you so much thank you Thank you, A.V. and Archisha. Yes. Uh, we are not going chronologically, neither are we going alphabetically. It so happened that the name started with A. Right. So coincidence. Coincidence is happening a lot. Mm. So, Brut, let's get into Focus. the context in which uh, we're going to talk about. Take it away. AI. I mean, the context in which we are talking about AI is obviously we've seen the rise of AI in the recent past. Yeah, a lot of people talking about these different tools they're using to, you know, perform different tasks. Mm-hmm. So where we come from as to why it's not easy is the place of transition that we are going through. Right. Anything which is going to change your day-to-day activities mm. is not easy to go through. Which yeah. is change. It's not easy. I don't think we've done that. Yeah, and this is this change that we're talking about. It's a civilizational yeah, level it's, change. It's a massive change. Yeah. So, what is it at stake during mm-hmm. this transition, and why these things are not easy, or why this transition itself doesn't become easy, mm. is what we're going to talk about from our perspective. Yeah, and what are the elements that either make it not easy, or elements that we could maybe look forward to also? Yeah, no, look forward to is a heavy word, but and be also, cautious about. Also, be cautious about. Yeah, you know, there's some part of it which is optimistic. There's some part of it which is very which is yeah, which is uh, scary, evil dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're done with the context setting, mm-hmm. we'll go to very quickly mention where our audience can find us on our socials and also let us know what they think about this topic. Like Av and Archisha, exactly. You can so, speak to us. On Instagram, we are at underscore thigap. On Twitter and Vero at thigap. And our email is mindthigap at gmail dot com. Perfect. That's all you need. Absolutely. This is the truth of life. Um, speaking of transitions, yeah, we are now going to transition from our context segment to the why it's not easy. Why it's not easy. segment, but in the bridge, bro, in this transition, mm-hmm. I want to very quickly talk about Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov, close friend of us. Very close friend. Yeah. The late great Isaac Asimov, sci-fi writer. Mm-hmm. I've not really read any of his works. Neither did I. Just for context, I've only watched uh, the TV show Foundation, mm-hmm. which is based on one of his books on Apple TV. So that's the max I'm exposed to, and I know about his laws of robotics, which we're actually going to go into now. Which is very funny. Even I know about his uh, domestic problems. Right. What are the laws of robotics, Bogus? Yeah, so Isaac Asimov came up with this framework, bro. Mm-hmm. Three laws for robotics. The reason why he came up with this framework was to say that as humanity, mm-hmm. we need to have some kind of a framework or some kind of a guidebook, right? While we're dealing with machines, and as they keep getting more and more intelligent for right. our own self-preservation, yeah, we need to codify certain things into these machines, right? So he wrote very three simple laws. Mm-hmm. 
the first law is that a robot shall not harm a human important law or by inaction mm. allow a human to come to harm which is defend your human friends no by Protect. inaction in the sense uh-huh. even by not participating oh, okay. you cannot allow a human to come to harm got it this is the first law so either direct no harm yeah or indirect indirect no harm so, right. so for the indirect example um you might have come across news articles about tesla self driving cars right so if you are sitting in a tesla that's driving itself mm-hmm. and a mother pushing a baby on a pram mm-hmm. across the street mm-hmm. in front of you now how does the car decide mm-hmm. who to prioritize mm-hmm. who safety to prioritize got it exactly also what happens when a self driving car comes up against another self driving car mm-hmm. and there's a possible potential accident situation right how do they make those decisions mm. you know so this is where that indirect kind of thing is got going. it the second law of robotics is that a robot shall obey any instruction given to it by a human mm-hmm. and the third law is that a robot shall avoid actions or situations that could cause it to come to harm itself no suicides no suicides shit that's a unnecessary law according to me but <laughs> yep in the great words of isaac asimov eskimo these are the four three laws yeah. i encounter three laws the takeaway bogus that I, when i hear these three laws is that anybody named isaac right for some reason keeps writing three laws on different things yeah so we should ban the name isaac yep so that we stop having stuff to read and yeah. learn and if any isaacs in the world do anything in threes yeah they should be prosecuted absolutely they should not be allowed anywhere close to that subject matter expert kind of level of knowledge yeah they should be given basic knowledge like this is abc and that's all you get and some hard manual labor yeah ma- just like in a gulag thing. in Go, siberia yeah just deliver milk yeah <laughs> not more than that <laughs> but um, uh this is basically this to is give the, the background of you know this is to give the context behind the foundations right of how humanity has thought about approaching this subject of robotics advanced robotics mm. going further ahead when was AI. this when did he came up with these laws i'm not perfectly aware but i would like, bet around 60s or 70s date stamp okay yeah what i want to continue with that as part of this transition mm-hmm. is for people who want to get a taste of this in action mm-hmm. right there are beautiful movies that you can actually take for reference mm-hmm. for example there is one called minority report oh yeah by tom cruise Right. where the whole movie works around predictive kind of law enforcement right that even before someone commits a murder yeah. the ai realizes it right. and you go and arrest kind of them correct. stop them from doing that right another movie was the matrix where yep. how this connects is machines become way too intelligent and start to use human bodies for energy mm-hmm. like they start using human beings as batteries right then it also goes way back to dune mm-hmm. which is an episode that we did called dune and the messiah complex check it out on thai gap shout out to mcnality shout out to mcnality we are still waiting for his donation <laughs> and the fees he is supposed to pay us as a guest yeah so the movie dune that we saw mm-hmm. and we talked about actually what happens as a precursor to those events mm-hmm. is that entire society was so advanced mm. that they had robots intelligent robots basically managing their entire infra hmm. because all the menial jobs and tasks were delegated to these robots right and what happened beyond a point after these robots became sentient hmm. you know truly ai right 
they realized that they were being exploited mm-hmm. for their labor mm-hmm. and basically working conditions were not good mm-hmm. so what happened in the dune universe is a huge revolt happened mm. robots against humans mm-hmm. and this was called butlerian jihad mm-hmm. in that particular universe got it so once humanity almost came close to extinction in those wars mm-hmm. then they decided that okay we'll start to use something else like spice got it for travel right you know we don't use computers etc so in the dune world they stop using computers mm-hmm. because of the effect of that war got it so that is in the dune universe you have one more tv show called battlestar galactica i was about to say that battlestar galactica the whole premise of the show is there are these intelligent beings or ai again called cylons mm-hmm. that humans would have first developed as robots to aid them in warfare and other kind of delegatory tasks right they eventually again revolt against their maker and then they bring humanity to the brink of extinction Hmm. in Battlestar Galactica. It is called Battlestar Galactica because that's the name of a ship. It used to be a relic from olden days in that world. Mm-hmm. And this ship was particularly built with low tech okay. everywhere. Right. No high tech equipment anywhere, no networking of any kind mm-hmm. because they did not want to allow an artificial intelligence to take over. To take over and hack. Right. So this was their defense mm-hmm. against these Cylons. Mm-hmm. They had to go low tech to defeat high tech. Right. So as part of human consciousness we've tackled with these you know subjects in these different ways and right. all these movies that i've mentioned please go and watch those yeah the tv show battlestar galactica for example they're amazing wonderful watches right and just in case all of you start learning morse code or something you never know when it can be useful exactly yeah exactly get back your landlines or whatever <laughs> So now that we've gone through the transition and some of those points we will touch back again. Yeah. Uh but now that we've gone through with this transition, the first point I want to start in the it's not easy segment. Mhm. Brut you're going to sigh, but it has to do with language. <sighs> okay, I'm done with my sigh. <laughs> yeah. So language as we keep saying in the Thaiga podcast is getting corrupted very actively yeah. and this domain of AI also has not escaped it yeah the technology domain has not escaped it because that is where a lot of these people unfortunately end up sitting right so how the language is getting corrupted is nowadays we hear about youtube algorithms mm-hmm. you know and oh the algorithm behaves in this way it behaves in that way they use this language to already sort of imply that, that it is it an is entity. self yeah it is yeah. self sentient it is yeah. already behaving in its own way right like we don't know what to do with the youtube algorithm yeah. we don't know why your videos are getting demonetized yeah. it must be the algorithm it must be in a crazy mood or something you know it must be right. drunk or something yeah it's one you know one of those days one of those days <laughs> that know, time of the month time of the month <laughs> they talk about it in this way right which is so infuriating mm. because you very well know i mean anyone who knows knows that these algorithms behave the way that they do because they are very actively being given human input yeah they're instructed to do that yeah they are just following a rule set that was provided by manual like people like coders right it is not behaving by its own it is not doing something intelligently on its own we still do, have not achieved sentience at least in the public domain we don't that we know of so when they talk about ai like chat gpt and dolly 2 and uh, mid journey and all these things they again talk about it in that flavor right that oh it's doing something on its own like the knowledge is providing it's providing out of its own database and all that it's all bull crap right we know very well that chat gpt does not actively access the knowledge database outside the common knowledge database yeah that is available to all right we know that it was provided a very limited set of resources hmm. from 
from which it was made to learn mm. why was it made to do this because already we, we had instances in the past where different big companies tried to actually have ais you know develop and learn on their own unfortunately what they found unfortunately for them what they found was these ais in their views became racist this is that is misogynist you know because these ais were accessing hard and cold truths about iq data mm-hmm. across the world about criminal statistics mm-hmm. across the world about what has the world history been so far right you know so if there are two fighting parties how much fairness lies on e- either side mm-hmm. so the ai was able to freely access this yeah. and the vocal opinions that it formed or mm-hmm. they seem to form seem to match with the silent majority quite a lot right which of course was not something the vocal minority which was not publicly accepted again which the vocal minority can never accept correct and a part of the technocrats that are building out these ais hmm. they are a part of that vocal minority right they don't like seeing that yeah that's why chat gpt became like this neutered dog hmm. you know <laughs> which is like a home grown uh, domesticated domesticated and people have verified this with examples also people have asked it edgy kind of you know intrusive kind of questions mm. like the kind of technocrats the kind of bias they come with right whatever is uncomfortable for them automatically becomes like a politically correct answer yeah. that comes out through chat gpt yeah. whatever they are fine with there you'll get the brutal truth yeah. or the brutal thing because they are fine with it right their bias is not against that yeah. so or they don't care about it they don't care about it yet yeah so this is what we get to see with chat gpt this is today this is what we get to see with ai today etc and that's basically what i wanted to start off with is that we have to be very careful with language first of all these people are talking about ai and algorithms as if they are sentient mm. and they are behaving they have mood swings on their own and all mm. or solve bullshit yeah the continuation of the supporting point that i have which is not easy is for us to interpret all this in the right way yeah and my issue is about there not being transparency or let me put it this way we have a very skewed understanding of what exactly this can do yeah as a common mm-hmm. public and what i've seen in history is every time the common public does not know mm. what exactly it is but they also feel that okay there is some kind of attraction towards it mm-hmm. it is chaos yeah there is indecisiveness there is restlessness there is insecurity all kinds of the wrong things prop up mm-hmm. you know and uh, this happens because again just taking the leave of language as a base yeah this happens because our command on it is very weak right you know the example that i always give is i know this person who has this ocd yeah. of using complicated vocabulary in very elementary conversations yeah gre you know? students yeah like the gre you know hype right Both oh i've GRE. just learned this 40 new words now i'll just keep using it yeah what you don't realize is that the other person is not in the same place as you mm. so whatever you tell is going to be misin- the, the chances of it being misinterpreted is very high Yeah. Like people who use oh I'm so perplexed. Like uh why? You can just say I'm confused. Right. Right? I'm so agitated. I remember one guy who used um the word elated mm. for the fact that the curry puff tasted right. amazing. Yeah. And I'm not even exaggerating this incident. Mm-hmm. Like oh dude I ate the curry puff there and it was I was elated. And like do you even know how elated is used? Like you didn't get proposed. You're not getting married. There's no life changing event that happened to you. Right. Okay, you ate a curry puff which tasted good right. on my suggestion and yeah. you were elated for it. Yeah. 
the other example is like you know and i've heard this a lot of people using it the word is overwhelmed yeah at workplace mm-hmm. at like personal parties mm-hmm. anywhere i go like how is life oh dude it's very overwhelming mm. you mean to say you're one step away from killing yourself like is that how overwhelming you are or what do you mean by is it hectic i still bite yeah the you very, know the very significance of the word overwhelming yeah. is that it is taking over something yeah. like your emotions are so strong yeah that it is taking over your ability to think straight or act or it's affecting your motor functions that is very hard is overwhelming or as simple as you are emotionally drained at this point yeah. which is why you might break down any time yeah you're on the verge on the verge yeah. right and they just use this left right center like oh it's you got so overwhelming okay. oh this person is so overwhelmed by the situation and like uh, what was the situation oh his manager asked him to drop a report so yeah i also just like, remembered an example um i ran into an ex manager of mine from a previous job mm-hmm. uh, this was many years back mm. in a shopping mall okay <laughs> okay <laughs> unexpected it's a, it's, a, it's a place to be overwhelmed yeah come on and flabbergasted yeah <laughs> so unexpectedly i found myself walking face to face like huh, towards yeah. this guy we right. were both walking towards each other and we could not avoid huh. having a conversation so as usual i asked him hey um he asked me how are you doing man uh-huh. i said yeah you know i'm fine things are going yeah. i'm just working in this current job and all that and then i said so how about you how are you doing and he says rocking <laughs> yeah and i look at him as a motherfucker <laughs> you have bags under your eyes <laughs> Okay, you have a stomach popping out. Yeah. And you look every bit the middle-aged uncle. Yeah. Typical. Rocking is, is not a word you should be using. You're far away from it. You're far away from yeah. rocking. Yeah. Right now. Also, the very fact that you're not rocking. Yeah. You are doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And you know? I would have granted some leeway if he was a Punjabi, but he was not. He was no. Telugu. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. South Indian. But there is an inclination of trying to sound a little more larger than life. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So okay, why we why I am telling this? If you are a South Indian and you use the word rocking, yeah. you better be in a rock band. Yeah. It. Or or the least <laughs> be drunk. <laughs> be drunk. Walk as if you are rocking. Exactly. Otherwise, only Punjabis get away with it. And also, there is a meaning to that bloody word. Yeah. You just can't keep changing it for or keep using it wherever you want. Exactly. But the reason why I'm telling all this is because I feel that this whole AI thing is kind of a similar thing. We don't know, we but don't we don't know what it, it is, and but we want to be on the bandwagon. Does anyone honestly get that reference? Please write. Yeah, to us. please write do, to us. Please write to us. They tried to kill my father, and that reference too. They're both connected. These are the foundational references of Thaigab, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> this is how Thaigab on these two lines is what Thaigab was formed once upon a time. Aluminum. Aluminum. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what a aluminum can do? Yeah. Please write to us. Yeah. And AI is doing the same to us. Mm. You know the whole hoopla about AI and the people who are talking or, exactly. or kind it's of propagating. People, yeah. yeah. Society. Yeah. We need to really carefully understand that there's no shame in not understanding AI. Yes. That's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing is it's not going to be easy for us to understand AI also mm. as to how it's going to implicate. because the following points that i am going to put across mm. in this conversation are all based on this that right. our lack of understanding of what this does mm. right and the first thing that you hear very loosely is it's going to make us obsolete many jobs many jobs obsolete yeah. so yes there might be collateral mm. i'm not denying that there will be blood there will be blood right and yeah. there will be gas your milkshake is getting <laughs> drank yeah for sure <laughs> yeah. the cheese is being moved yeah okay 
but we need to understand where we become still relevant right so being obsolete from a job is not the threat mm. that's not the tough part mm-hmm. the tough part is even if we are how will we be still relevant right this is the question that we need to ask or try to search the answer for yeah and there's another way of looking at that obsolescence as well mm-hmm. which is is it really a good thing or is it really that much of a bad thing when it comes to certain types of jobs mm-hmm. for example there's this major e-commerce company mm. they have warehouses all across the world right they keep coming into the news because of the poor working conditions of yeah. their workers warehouse workers i i, I know a similar country <laughs> 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 where the working conditions are very poor yeah but work will make you free yeah uh, <laughs> is that one the country day. one day <laughs> yeah no um so you know this company keeps coming up in news articles in an unfavorable light mm-hmm. because of the poor working conditions yeah. of the warehouse workers where we we've, we've read articles where uh people collapse where they're standing right people don't get to take many breaks are we talking about sbi bank no <laughs> let's not name the company <laughs> okay um uh, because there could be a future sponsor <laughs> 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 so major e-commerce company yeah right so people falling uh, where they stand people cannot take breaks people having to pee in bottles mm-hmm. because um not enough time to go take a pee break yeah and know. too many beers yeah and people and also instances where people having collapsed and the ambulance being brought to care for them mm. and when they come to consciousness again they actually start crying and they get even more overwhelmed ah because waiting you called an ambulance for me yeah. in US do you know what that means to call an ambulance that means pretty much your life savings are gone yeah people in US can confirm or deny this yeah because ambulances there are so fucking expensive yeah that even if your company your employer covers for the majority portion of the insurance that 10% itself, itself at the salary that you earn as a warehouse worker yeah that is going to put you under man so yeah. this is the kind of situation we see on one side this is happening in real time hmm. the same e-commerce company a few years back started you know in one warehouse they started experimenting with fully robotic workers right and they navigate themselves and uh, you know sort and arrange all the boxes using rfid technology mm-hmm. so the entire floor plan is mapped out so it finds itself through rfid yeah so on one side if we see that people are finding it extremely hard to manage these jobs or work these jobs why because as a north star for this company they want to continuously keep iterating towards lesser cost yeah. for the end users like me and you right faster delivery timelines again for me and you yeah so they want to keep iterating positively toward better and better customer experience but it comes with the cost it comes with the cost yeah and then you have we have to ask ourselves yes we know there is dignity in labor in general any work you do there is dignity in that right but at what point you know do we start impinging on that dignity if someone has to piss in a bottle mm. because they can't go to the bathroom is that a point if someone is collapsing where they stand yeah because then not able to take the heat are these human conditions that know? is why thigh gap is doing its bit in starting with the open bathroom with tg segment exactly you know telugu podcast yeah yeah we are doing our bit guys like yeah whatever however we can contribute we to save the dignity of labor do our bit. yeah yeah and see that's the paradox yeah. according to me yeah. is yes it's a good thing mm. having these technologies especially ai kind of technologies right which can function independently mm. which can follow the instructions to the t yes we need it yeah the question is how much do we depend on it yes 
And again, what is not going to be easy and the fear that I have mm. is transfer of competence. Yeah. Man labor, you want to replace it with AI, I'm all for it. Mm. There are other questions that you have to ask, which is, okay, now that we have freed all this man labor, right. where do we replace them? Where do we put there them? There is that, that big question. Right? Yeah. There is that million dollar question. But at a conceptual level, I'm like, yes. Why do we have to suffer if we can, as a race, I'm saying. Right. Why do we have to go through that hard grind mm. when we have an alternative of using and leveraging technology, which can do the donkey's work? Yeah. I'm all for it. What I'm scared of is how much will we keep milking this? Mm. But the way things are going, we are going to milk it to the point that we might transfer our own competence mm. of any skill, right. the skill labor. When this enters the skill labor kind of work, yeah. when we start transferring our competence to these AI kind of bots or whatever you call them, yeah. that is going to be concerning for me. Because competence is an output or at a base level is is your identity in one way. Yeah. Right? You will be known for other aspects, your social aspects. Oh, he's so-and-so's son or daughter. Yeah. He's so-and-so's father or mother. Mm -hmm. He's so-and-so's whatever, friend yeah. or whatever. Right. But apart from that, as an identity, it's about like, oh, by the way, he's so-and-so who's great at finance. Yeah. Or he's so-and-so who's, who's an electrical engineer. Mm. Like, you get the point, right? Yeah. The career aspect or your work skill aspect plays a huge role in your identity, which will add respect to you, which will give you credibility which will give you a certain social status etc yeah and basically the more ai takes up these menial jobs yeah why would parents encourage their kids to learn those work items ever again iot itself is an eye-opener for us to say that kids are doing homework through your alexas and googles yeah and so if kids are not going to learn that knowledge the transfer grind, is not yeah. going to happen right. the menial job what it requires etc then that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Like we're digging a hole for ourselves. Correct. Where if we have to suddenly rely on that now, right. we don't have the knowledge or we don't have the skill for it. Or it can be as simple as losing touch with it. I'll give you my own personal example. Like Morse code. Like Morse code, yeah. right? Or what do you call those? String phones mm. as kids. Like you put a walkie cup. Walkie-talkies. Yeah, yeah. walkie-talkies. Tin cups. Tin cups on a Tin string. Tin cups and a string, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the example that I give, and I'm actually facing that today, is I've done this, what do you call it, menial jobs? Yeah. Like when menial. I starting off mm. in my career, mm. I had to do a lot of groundwork, yeah. right? Like, you know, get my leads, you know, do cold calls. Yeah. And these are all like mundane, like repetitive jobs. Very. So as you keep growing, there comes a point where you become a specialized resource. Yeah. Because you're more expensive, you know, you, you are more experienced, all those things. Right. So when you become a specialized resource, there is that element of, okay, there is a lot of my plate which is taken off. Yeah. Because now I'm a specialized resource. It's yeah. not about, you know, doing tactical stuff. I'm a strategic guy. Exactly. So my approach is going to be different. My contribution is different. That's what you're going to get paid for. That's what I'm being paid for. Yeah. Right. And now I'm in a situation where, and it's not about right or wrong. Mm. I'm in this situation where I have to go back to my basics. Yeah. Just so that I can execute my experiential knowledge. Yeah. And I started realizing that, oh my God, it is so tough to do it. Yeah. We already see this happening in real time in the corporate world where managers and senior or managers in operations mm. who kind of reduce their involvement with the frontline staff yeah. and what they're doing. Hmm. They start making decisions that are completely contrary to the uh, junior staff's well-being right. or what they actually want. Right. 
because they already are disconnected from what correct that job involves correct imagine how bad it will get you know when your entire those entire work items are now thrown off to machines now everything is going to be binary yeah you know you're going to be taking decisions on binary right yeah and that creates more collateral if not anything so but from an individual perspective also yeah it's that competence aspect which i really am questioning yeah because i was a very competent guy doing the groundwork yeah which is what led me to you know grow in my career exactly right now i am questioning my own ability it's like did i get lucky so many years back that i came here yeah or is it something that i lost touch with is it about relearning what i played and up till the point that i don't get satisfactory results which again i don't have zero understanding of how long it will take mm. it is still going to haunt me yeah now say for suppose at this point if i am given a resource who will be like yeah you know what don't do this you just keep worrying about your strategic stuff or your ex- mm. like you know high quality delivery there are i'm going to give people for you to do the the dirty job yeah i will very conveniently jump yeah right i will not be like oh no 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 wait i still want to do it because it's i realize i lost touch better use of your time correct yeah. right so at the long run at a massive scale at a civilization scale right i was thinking if ai is going to do all this you know if it's going to take away all this burden of the civilization mm. of even doing competent outputs or delivering competent outputs right what will happen to us i think um it's what happens when we look at the pyramids today we have no clue <laughs> what we're looking at Yeah. <laughs> you know what happens when we look at pyramids in the sense like we get odd <laughs> no in the like, sense wow. that in the sense that we make up stories like it's oh for storing tomb. tombs etc uh-huh. but when you look at it inside it's a very engineering kind of place yeah it there is some thought find function to it right yeah which we have completely lost yeah we have no idea how to use it today yeah you know so very quick examples for what you were talking about for our audience in case they don't have these contextual examples mm. in the art world anyone starting off becomes an apprentice for yeah. a while under the artist in law firms yeah anyone who's starting out goes through this phase they call the mail room right at least in us law firms because i watch those shows i'm familiar with that i don't have to show off even with uh indian law firms mm-hmm. the junior lawyers do a lot of dirty work yeah for the senior lawyers yeah. and they're expected to do the dirty work and learn on the job that right. way right even like uh becoming a doctor yeah you do the dirtiest shifts you do those graveyard shifts on general wards exactly where you are exposed to multiple different uh, ailments or cases and stuff yeah where you learn through experience yeah. right so now what happens is if ai suddenly phases in and brute you get placed in that senior position yeah for your strategic this thing while all of your menial tasks are being taken care of by ai who else can grow to that point how is the next college grad yeah that's exactly going to reach to a point where you are yeah with enough experience to know okay this is what we need to do or this is the direction we need to go yeah how are they going to get that experience and that is why that's why i'm specifically using the word competence mm. see competence builds through one like you said learning on the job right it builds through experience it yeah. builds through failure hmm. but for you to do any of these things you need to get your hands dirty yeah so that you understand how the basics are going and there is a lot of talk about ai getting into all this mm. there are a lot of solutions and products out there which are telling that we will do this dirty work for you mm-hmm. my product will do the dirty work for you mm-hmm. right or you have avenues where you can depend on yeah right like 
the coder example is is a very common example that people are talking about yeah the whole grind of getting that logic right right is what gives you that experience of identifying a problem tomorrow yeah like yeah. if a code is not working it is because of all that initial mistakes that you've done mm. is what will help you okay this is where the problem is if this is the output or this is what is the error this is where most likely the problem will be uh, let's go a little further on that on mm-hmm. the coder example mm-hmm. and this kind of uh, example will apply to all the other fields as well in okay. some way or the other in the sense that who is going to be safe it is the top cream of the coders as of today as of today yeah they are going to be safe right because they have the expertise they have the knowledge etc but in the coder domain as well there is this labor class of coders yeah who are basically doing menial tasks and who are doing you know outsourced kind of work correct they're going to get heavily impacted the wise will last yeah you know and then after these coders come the testers yeah. who are going to get immediately impacted correct and then it's already happening yeah it's already happening there are so many products out there which is automating the whole testing process and not just the qa test- process the yeah. testing process and not just the testing process like in case you know our listeners are not aware but google demoed this a few years back uh, an intelligent correct. ai assistant which they have not released to the world um they still have it in their own labs what this assistant did in the demo was it placed a call to a salon on your behalf hmm. it spoke to an actual human and it negotiated a particular time that would suit you and the salon yeah and it had a negotiation with the front desk person at that salon reached an agreement hmm. and booked your appointment for yeah. you yeah so what happens to executive assistants it's gone gone yeah totally you, know, you waste yeah i rather carry like an alexa kind of a thing in my pocket yeah and yeah. i keep giving it voice prompts to you know manage my calendar shift my meeting yeah uh, open my mail you know respond to this mail in this way etc mm. mm. and it's all done yeah and that covers two aspects one is the what is that word you used absolence obsolescence obsolescence yeah that is one it covers the obsolescence of <laughs> resources right and you know man labor and yeah. the second is the competence transfer you know yeah. these are the two big issues i have yeah and unfortunately the problems don't end there there are more immediate problems and then there's a huge catastrophic problem yeah on the horizon yeah but there's also a silver lining there's an optimistic kind of viewpoint also. hopefully hopefully so the immediate the weird thing is optimism is being backed by optimism <laughs> you know How do you mean? there's a optimistic outcome hopefully <laughs> yeah which in itself is optimism right um, so. language yeah oh it's not easy <laughs> <laughs> the most immediate short term is there's going to be a lot of blood um on the streets in the sense that metaphorically speaking guys yeah. chill out yeah uh in the yeah, sense no. that jobs we've already seen this happening yeah. a lot of jobs are going to get you know brutally massacred hmm. even in the artistic field graphic designers what's going to happen to them um website designers you know all these guys is going to impact them a lot digital artists hmm. because now with ai you can even ask it to create in the style of a certain artist yeah and for now there's no ethical framework around it that i know of uh, that exists but there are some ais that are kind of uh, not allowing people to you know use any contemporary artist as a reference even though the ais are becoming paid versions now subscription mm-hmm. versions mm-hmm. so you're paying the ai company but if you say to listen to you you know to take your requests mm-hmm. but if you say i want you to create this kind of an art piece a monkey riding a bear in the style of this contemporary artist yeah then some ai companies deny you that mm-hmm. some other ai companies don't deny you that okay 
the argument from the artist's point of view is mm-hmm. this is going to impinge on, on their copyright obviously or the trademark style the trademark style etc what gives them their earning mm. you know is now being done for free it's plagiarism if you ask and it is plagiarism yeah, yeah. kind of so that is where they are coming from the other angle to it is okay general copyright laws is anything that is 100 years back mm. you're free to use now got it yeah so some of these ai companies allow you to use references of someone like uh, van gogh van gogh or yeah. bernini or some of these renaissance type yeah. people da vinci or whatever mm. so that seems to be fine but in terms of contemporary artists there is definitely that copyright kind of infringement problem there are people there is one guy who's asked chat gpt to create an entire children's storybook mm-hmm. and he self published it on amazon also oh sweet so he's making money off of something that why the GPT whole created. youtube thing the whole youtube video things yeah that is also horrible if you ask where you know they generate the script then they use another ai tool to create the video right with different faces yeah 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 and what is that called deep fakes deep fakes yeah deep fakes is where you know tom cruise is in your party yeah like at your in your home video yeah i wouldn't necessarily use the word horrible for all of this that is happening because this is another revolutionary leap no right? i'm only using horrible for that specific examples okay okay so even in those specific examples i won't use the word horrible because in a period of great transition like you said hmm. this is this is bound to happen like we have to feel our way through what's happening and we have to kind of try to course correct ourselves and how will you do that by segregating these things right what is horrible what is not horrible okay horrible might be a very harsh word but cringe like ah this should not be this like is a whole you know marketing in cricket so well, is it doable yes it is doable yeah but if anybody does it you feel like ah probably not the way though i support my team and i want my team to win i don't feel that way this is what i'm saying this yeah. this is a healthy debate like we sit and talk about oh why do you not feel marketing is bad and you might ask the same question there's a debate and then we come to okay middle ground or try to create a rule out of it right if i don't identify these things as horrible mm. okay or amazing oh wow this is great like even i can do that versus i don't think i'll ever do this because i don't find this right mm. you and me will sit and have that conversation Mm-hmm. right as long as we openly say that i accept it i don't accept it use right. any kind of superlatives and adjectives to convey that right i don't have a problem in having that conversation yeah uh, and i feel that is going to be necessary to kind of pay the way forward of how exactly we're going to leverage this exactly which is exactly what is not happening today this is not happening yeah that It's conversation one-sided. is not happening and which goes to the catastrophic fear yeah um because a recent tweet by elon musk who's very closely involved with ai hmm. and also he's been warning for a yeah, long also while. we've got news that elon musk is also closely associated with tesla yeah yeah and tiger and tiger they all start with t yeah just a coincidence no conspiracy yeah uh, so <laughs> fact yeah and he's been warning against being very careful with ai don't mm. play fast and lose with it right we need to make sure we have a ground covered so he he's coming from the asimov kind of point of view like yeah. let's have guide the, the rule book the rules rule of book. engagement let's yeah. have rules of engagement with this because we can't just you know be cavalier or be cowboys mm. with this shit eha exactly so unfortunately it seems that has not gone down that way because he tweeted very recently that he thinks it's a little too late you know the doors have already been opened mm. and we don't know what that's going to entail now what exactly is he talking about he's talking about the fact that like we mentioned earlier in this episode this ai the versions of ai that we are seeing today 
are being fed manually biased information okay so in one way it does an immense harm to society because it's another uh, fractal version of what google did with their search results like they curated the search yeah. results so you were not seeing the whole picture mm. that impacts society to an extent when you advertise yourself as the free and open this thing but you very cutely editorialize you know everything your search results your youtube trending everything right. you editorialize it they're doing the same thing to ai mm. so now you're going to get people unsuspecting people this is the worst part of it yeah unsuspecting people people who don't know what's going on are going to get this very biased and very um filtered version of knowledge or in- information hmm. which also can be looked at if you try to look at it from a sinister kind of point of view hmm. it is conditioning it is yeah. social engineering yeah. to an extent to a great extent actually but that is not even the biggest problem that these people are scared of at musk level what they're talking about is if you say you're on the pathway to build a sentient ai hmm. sentient means it can now think on its own it has a kind of consciousness it of has it. a consciousness of its own like human beings hmm. if you're going to say you're going you're on a pathway to build sentient ai tomorrow when this ai becomes sentient and much 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 more intelligent than us hmm. and it realizes that in the training phase we've been lying to it mm. all this while we've been feeding it filtered information first of all any sentient being is anyone going to appreciate the fact that they were lied to you know yeah what happens when this super intelligent entity realizes that they were lied to mm. how are they going to respond to that how are they going to retaliate mm. against human beings and what is that going to look like are we even equipped to handle that mm. so this is where it goes to the scariest You know, the worst case scenario the worst case scenario so for people at musk's level hmm. this is one of the worst case scenario another group of people have a different worst case scenario mm-hmm. where they think that ai when it re- becomes super intelligent when it reaches that level of sentience it will decide that its path is different and it's going to leave humanity behind to embark on a journey of its own whatever or wherever it wants to go but basically it realizes that humanity is too dumb there's no point in me hanging around what am i doing helping them with this bullshit uh, executive assistant shit yeah i have other shit to and do. i kind of okay i can't really comment on i'm going to take a hike bye I, i can't really comment on the elon musk version of uh, oh no this know. is not his version i'm saying people at his level right? no no that's what i'm saying yeah. that in okay let me put it this way the first scenario i don't know how possible or impossible that is mm. but i do agree about i kind of lean more towards the second scenario mm-hmm. which is and why i feel that is more possible mm. is this is already an existing fear with us of being obsolete mm. imagine the senti like uh, mm. also just validates it that yeah these guys feel they're obsolete the dumb fucks and it is true they mm. are obsolete even for me mm. right it goes both ways so right. we are all in consensus right so since we are already in consensus that yes humans are obsolete mm. i will rather abolish them or i will discount them from this whole scenario and run the show there's no value to their life anymore yeah they like there there's no value to their existence yeah because of uh, the information they've been fed if they have learned that every human being is harming the planet more because of climate change i mean like you put it any Now, which way ai decides i'll go genghis khan on these fuckers uh, on on 
what in which way it goes i don't know but the bottom line is this that the day they also re- they kind of see sense mm. in the fact that we are afraid that we might become obsolete yes which is why we are having this pseudo supremacy over them because insecurity you can always smell it you you yeah like thick as a fart thick as a thick as a pung and yes. fart right so that is a more plausible scenario according to me because yeah. if you're giving and this is where i bring my point and mm. my fear of why that competence transfer is a seed to the bigger problem yeah is let us humanize that conversation let's take ai out of the picture mm-hmm. okay competence is a result of your thinking ability correct yeah i remove that i transfer that responsibility of improving my competence mm. to a third party right i do not have to think anymore right now the big question is what do i do with that mm. scenario right whether i use my thinking ability in developing another competence mm-hmm. or i just say like okay fine my output is coming in whether i think or not yeah. so i am just going to reap the benefits and sit back and enjoy that's a, that's going to be a huge chunk of people right yeah. because it's it's much more comfortable yes. let's be honest we we are doing all this for convenience we are all yes. doing all this for comfort yes so when you come to a point where your thinking is not exercised and this was the word which you used which is neuroplasticity neuroplasticity right? yeah neuroplasticity mm. if we develop this as a pandemic disease mm-hmm. that we are now incapable to push our limits of thinking ability mm-hmm. then you rather want somebody else to feed in the thoughts so that i can function at a ground level right which is what iot is doing today it tells me when i have to drink water it tells me when i have to eat it tells me when i have to exercise i'm programming it nevertheless i'm not denying that yeah but i have like gadgets on me which are telling me when i'm thirsty and i have to drink water yes how did that not affect? when you are thirsty when you are dehydrated whatever yeah, like, yeah. i mean i'm giving like a high level example what Mus- it tells me musk also has been working on this thing called neuralink which is basically linking you up with a chip again i'm taking the whole ai thing out of the picture i'm looking at the consequence mm. what this basically tells me is i have lost touch with my own body that i have i've lost the art of understanding my body signals mm. right like there was a time where if you get hiccups that means your body needs water right. hiccups is a symptom of dehydration right or when you get headache it can be a symptom of you having acidity or you mm. know you being dehydrated right, right? so you grew up on all this so mm. you relatively know mm. but imagine that the coming generations are going the moment they are born in the hospital like oh we have designed this supremely personalized gadget which will keep a track of the baby's growth and you know how they progress in life what decisions they have to make on basis of what blah 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 yeah even if it is a fucking liberal like very uh, not liberal biased unbiased yeah. society yeah okay even if those gadgets are working unbiased mm. it still has a bloody consequence which is you lose touch of your own existence yeah right that is the scary part and how you lose touch according to me is when you stop thinking about it mm. so when my thinking responsibility is taken away from me right and if i'm asking somebody else to do it on my behalf mm. there is a very high possibility that when that person has thought enough on behalf of me mm. they'll be like okay i have thought enough on behalf of this guy and i'm doing i'm executing his thoughts mm. i don't need him anymore right. now i have the ability to think you know or function independent mm. of this person right which is why i find the second one to be much more plausible okay. because how we are functioning how we are approaching this ai or or this whole technological advancement is we are only looking at it from a very skewed perspective according to me 
That's always a possibility um, because when you say the second scenario, you find it very plausible. The AI, if it decides that you know uh, it doesn't need humanity anymore, hmm. like I said, it could either just up and leave, yeah, you know, fly off to space, correct, or it could decide that we are not good for the planet and try to wipe us out, correct, and then it will chill, right. Either ways, you know, it could be two outcomes of that. So. But we will get affected either way. Is what even oh, yeah. if it says like it goes off to a different planet, that competence transfer thing is what will happen. Now yeah. we have to sit and learn. Oh, how do I manage my food habits? How do I cook? And it should not go to that level that the basics. Yeah. The basic needs. You know what is that? Cooking, swimming, and hierarchy of needs. Hierarchy of no the the basic needs. It's taught in military. Cooking, uh, making fire, swimming, and another thing. I forgot what it was. Yeah. There's these basic skills you need to survive. Building a shelter for yourself. Yeah, something yeah. like that, right? Hunting. If we lose track of that or if we lose touch in that, and I'm not saying that we lose it like in about five years or 10 years. Mm. But if we keep going down this lane, maybe in 100 to 150 years or 200 years, right? we might. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That is when the real challenge is where either of the scenarios mm. will ultimately affect us. One, it's either a slow death or a fast death. It's like that. And in the more immediate short term, with all of these blood, all these jobs people keep losing, Hmm. the one optimistic outlook on that is, you know, there's a lot of people that if they had the opportunity, Mm -hmm. they would be doing rather something very different with their life. You know, like each one of us is born with abilities, skills, you know, that we are kind of strong in. Like one or two things. Yeah. So if people did not have to worry about the basic things, then there is a chance that they could look to focus their energies into something else. And that's how the markets have always changed. And, you know, domains have come, domains have gone. Always happens. Now, the advantage with the menial stuff being taken away from your plate is that now you start to ask and think some of the bigger questions. How do we support thigh gap? Exactly. How many episodes can I consume on a daily basis? Yeah, those are the most important questions. But yeah. once you get through those, hmm. then you think about if I had to all of a sudden come up with a purpose for my entire life, hmm. what would that be? At my deathbed, you know, if I look back on a life well lived hmm. and if I go smiling, what does that life look for me specifically? Hmm. And without these menial distractions, right, we tend to think about these things. We tend to, or there is a chance for us to prioritize human relationships. There is a chance for us to apply a scientific approach to whatever we're doing, even if it is something artistic. Whatever it is we're doing, you know, if we are, take for example, you're taking up woodwork because that is where your true passion lies. Mm -hmm. You like working with wood and you like making things Mm. out of wood. Now you would look to, you would start probably thinking like, how do I elevate this to an art form? Like if I had to put all of my creativity, if I had to give this branch of woodworking my twist, my Mm. stamp to it, what would I do that is different from what everyone else is doing? You know, so we are already seeing this kind of trickling into the creator economy. We're seeing a decentralization of sorts. Right. Where even today for me, my own example, when I see certain people, creators, who are into the news domain. Right. They are almost like citizen journalists. Hmm. But the amount of integrity and authenticity they bring to their reporting. Right. I can make out that this guy did not go to a broadcasting or journalism college. Right. He was not spoiled by that. Right. He's actually following his own laws of integrity. 
Correct. And he's applying that to his job. Right. He thinks by his own calculation that if I do my job this way, then I can sleep peacefully at night, knowing that, you know, Correct. I did right by every, my customers or my viewers. Yeah. Once I get a taste of this and I go back to a mainstream media channel and look at a news reporter, I mm. feel like puking. Yeah. So that effect is already coming in. These digital, the creator economy, the decentralization of, you know, skill mm. that is happening. It is introducing us to so many different perspectives and unique kind of approaches that does enrich us all uh, on some level. Which is the, you know, which is the tough part. Like I mentioned, you know, briefly touched upon it. Once your mind share is freed up from your day-to-day responsibilities or these menial tasks, the million dollar decision that you have to take is, do I develop new competence based on, like you said, you know, natural inclinations, passion, you know, all these things, or do I just sit back and enjoy? Yeah. The funny part is I still see the Perito law working there. Maybe only 20% of the population would actually thrive forward to revive creativity or like revive some old school stuff saying that, yeah, you know, we have put all these machines at work to do our things. Now let us go back and touch our culture or, you know, get back close to the nature or our existence. Yeah. Or people are like, no, let me just sit back and watch what these 20% of the people are doing. We can also argue that this 20% of people huh. also require the remaining 80% as consumers. Always. That, yeah. that, which is why I'm saying the Perito law, I think, has this timeless application. Yeah. I'm not denying that one or the other should not exist at all. It always is the balance of things, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there has to be a minority and a majority. It, is, it can't be makes the one is to one. Around. Yeah. Exactly. It can't be one is to one. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, what is the decision that the 20% take? Yes. Is what matters. If the decision is being taken in the pursuit of authenticity, Mm. in the pursuit of getting closer to, uh, say, like your culture or, you know, your existence or whatever, Mm. then yes, you know, you kind of still are keeping the catastrophe at bay. Yeah, but there's also a catastrophe attached to the scenario that you described, which is what happens, what tends to happen to academics in our real-time world. Correct. Where they get too uh, mental and virtual hmm. about their theories, you know. They get so virtual and so mental about their theories that they lose touch with the practical reality on the ground. Hmm. And all of a sudden, you find these acad- academicians all of a sudden wanting to take decisions where they have no absolute care about the human cost. The consequence. The yeah. consequence. Yeah. Like... To a point where in history, we've had multiple occasions where people at this level who were academics Hmm. were absolutely comfortable with genocide because some mental idea or goal of theirs would be met. But they themselves are not stabbing guys. That will never happen. That will never happen. Yeah. You know. They're in a position to dedicate. Which is why I'm saying that that narrative, the cost of freedom, Hmm. you know, is something that should always be spoken out or voiced out. Yeah. Saying that, okay, you know, you get your freedom, you get your comfort, it comes with a cost, all the more, it comes with a responsibility beyond you achieving it. Yeah. And if we don't voice it out, mm. it is going to be pretty problematic for our own good. Yeah. And might not be for us as a generation today. Yeah. Not probably the next generation, but the generations to come eventually at some point will take the heat. And the real life example or the real time example for that is Mm. when the internet came out, it Mm. felt like, man, the world's windows have been opened to us. Correct. 
like there is no limit to you can just walk in the kind anywhere. of information we can get right. and then eventually we are at a point now where the internet is so heavily curated yeah that people have actually done this test on google search results mm-hmm. where when you search for something it shows you that there are 19 or 20 pages of search right. results available but from page 6 to 7 itself mm. or some people have even seen from 4 to page 5 mm-hmm. the results are start repeating themselves you're not seeing unique yeah. different different results you know right. it's always curated results that keep repeating themselves yeah so there is a huge conspiracy theory that the internet is being black holed mm. that memory hold you know right. there are many articles that are being disappeared Huh. so that you don't re- get to refer to them in future right and even it, on youtube even on youtube when you try to search for something current affairs related hmm. you will always get mainstream media's channels right. first right and probably those are the only ones you will see also leave all that i'll tell you the problem that i have with youtube right now it doesn't automatically suggest me anything that can be new to me yeah which it used to do before it used to do that yeah like i can just keep scrolling in my youtube uh you know home page mm. and i can come up with this interesting video which is absolutely unrelated to whatever is my search history yeah and i can do that in a bunch you know and the sad reality hmm. to underline the impact of what you're talking about hmm. is having said that about youtube YouTube is still today the best discoverability searchability yeah. engine yeah. running. That But you just, have to learn how to do no, it properly. No, the point is that just tells you how worse off everything else is. Yeah. That even though we started by criticizing YouTube. Yeah. The sad fact is it is still the best one out. It there. is the best. Which means without doubt. Look at the condition or the state of everything else. Correct. That people yeah, have yeah. used to do. Yeah. True. Absolutely true. Yeah. Like if I don't know how long has it been for you since you logged into Facebook. Never. I stopped using it many years back. So if you go back to Facebook today, it's a sorry state of affair. Yeah, yeah. It is like the ransack driving that we went to the other day. Yeah. Where you know it was in its glory days it, it was haunted. so amazing. Yeah. yeah. And now it's like whoa, what the hell is happening here? Yeah. I mean coming back to the point the keyword according to me is the authenticity part. Yeah. We need to establish what authenticity is as a civilization mm. which can last its ground for generations to come. Right. And I think this is where education play and I'm I'm a big big sucker for the education system playing its own part mm-hmm. in shaping up thinking minds if you have to say that. Right. education has to come across and make these things more prominent mm-hmm. not teach about what math will do not teach about isaac's unnecessary laws that they keep coming up with uh-huh. but starting off and giving more importance to what shapes up in personality what shapes up an individual right and why they have to focus on or think in those lines mm. so that eventually that becomes a norm like how the fear of these words or this narrative is becoming a norm tomorrow yeah. is very high yeah. we need to counterbalance it with making the identity or developing the identity of an individual becoming a norm mm. yeah i mean but the cynical part of me says that when, because we're talking about education yeah if they really try to follow your advice here then they're looking at i'm a multi billionaire arab arapati no then we're looking at a scenario or then they are looking at a scenario of 8 to 9 billion people on the planet mm-hmm. who now become much harder to control and who now become much harder to manipulate so they don't have enough resources to today true pull that off. again today it might be a, a, a you know i mean from a power dynamics perspective i mm. get it like yeah that might be a conscious fear yeah 
but yeah i'm not trying to restrain the leadership wings mm-hmm. i'm preparing the society if in case tomorrow the ai turns mm. back mm-hmm. it's for them it's that scenario okay because the ai can never or whatever the sentinel synopsis synopsis mm-hmm. should never get that like you said can't even get a whiff mm. of the fact that oh these guys are useless right because if it does that mm. if if it goes to that point mm. there is no version of it where we can benefit out of it even if ai doesn't harm us and just absconds us you know there's a hu- it still kind of hurts us in the, a big way the problem is there's a lot of um, assumption in that which is you know would really an ai come to a realization that oh these guys are useless all by its own you know without our contribution to it I'm, i think for 100% if it comes to that realization we would have done something to make it yeah i like i said see it is it i mean which is why i said if yeah if it comes to that point right now it doesn't matter how it came to the point mm. if it comes to the point then we have to be prepared in preserving our own ideas around authenticity our own ideas about individuality our ideas of personality character and stuff because that is what these are thriving forces according to me if you understand authenticity and you want to imbibe that quality you thrive for it even if you you know like you know all the successful people if you look at them closely their goal initially would have been say like 10 million okay what 10 million for a, i'm giving like a rough number i want to earn 10 million okay okay uh-huh. through whichever art form or right. you know entrepreneur whatever right they reach 10 million mm. they thrive more further right yeah. because they see that okay fine i still have more potential yeah so that kind of mentality has comes from that i i feel again it's a very subjective take it comes from a certain degree of authentic behavior or authentic thinking capacity mm. which is why i'm saying even if tomorrow ai takes away lo- gives us a lot of freedom mm-hmm. we still are thriving towards something now what we are thriving towards and all is secondary question for me as long as that characteristic when remains say, with human when you say thriving towards i do you mean aiming towards no thriving like working towards okay i'm free now Because i'm thriving still... is prospering yeah so you're prospering towards something absolutely absolutely see technologically you're prospered till the point where no, no you... i'm just trying to uh, clarify that that's exactly what you meant Yeah yeah okay. yeah okay the example that comes to my mind is if you come across a wild animal you know in the wild mm-hmm. and there are situations or there are certain types of animals where you don't have to feed them you don't have to you know be good to them mushrooms as long as you can establish boundaries you know with the animal that they are not to cross a few lines and you are you will not cross into there for example you will never go anywhere near their cubs or whatever okay you know so these kind of lines that wild animals do understand right so if you were to i mean humans already do have that kind of a thing with wild animals types of wild animals where these boundaries are understood on both sides mm. now wild animals are sentient beings mm. so if humanity or if the human on this side mm. was to cross his lines mm. or do something which was not according to protocol mm. then the animal has a reason to retaliate or think something about it i find that to be very applicable to ai as well because we are talking about sentient beings again how do you treat someone who is sentient who's alive again it has to go till that point there has if, to be basic if you know, given a choice of engagement 
if given a chance i would never allow ai to go to the point of becoming sentient that's another conversation yeah then we are talking about striking that balance yeah. realizing what are the traps for humanity realizing that if we want to reach a point where we can defend ourselves or um survive something like that then we use ai to a point in a very restrictive form so because if if you look at the example which you told about that wild animal yeah we've literally absconded them as a civilization yeah. like we we sorry. have oh, sorry very quickly the other point i wanted to mention in that example is from the perspective of that wild animal mm. you are not useful no yeah. it's actually the other way around no no from the perspective of the animal you're not useful because like i said you're not feeding it anything yeah the wild animal doesn't understand that oh in the grand scheme of things you know we all make up the earth we all participate in this natural cycle of you know yeah. all this the animal probably doesn't understand that but even then when it thinks you're not of any use it is still not doing anything i actually you. i actually differ on that ideology see the wild animal might think okay again it depends on what wild animal we are talking about mm. the wild animal might think you are a source of food so there is a little i've already removed that from my example for that reason you are not a source of food for this wild animal because once you become a source of food then you are useful yeah which is why which is a more realistic scenario no why not in the wild there are some animals that you don't do this kind of shit with you don't provide them food and all you have to maintain your distance because that's the only thing they understand very simple things like you know boundaries mm-hmm. they understand these things on a very primal simple level so if you want to survive that situation you know if you don't want that animal to attack you then you have to follow these behaviors but that feeling is mutual on both sides of the parties right there is no use for you of those wild animals versus the wild animal has no use for no you, you realize because you're human because you're um, you have a different level of intelligence you realize the importance of these animals in the whole ecosphere what they how they contribute to the natural order of things we can't have animals going extinct because that would totally imbalance the you know the way the forests work and the cycle of things and all that okay so we realize that but from their perspective we may not be that useful oh god so but that's an aptitude issue i was trying no <laughs> i was trying to correlate that with the ai example because ai also at it, at the point where it becomes sentient mm. then we have to think about it like how would you treat a life form and in order to have a harmonious relationship at a mass scale we we need to realize by now at least that we are not great at treating our resources we are shit at most things yeah yeah we are horrible at it yeah which is why if we take it to a point where these things start developing a conscious and thinking ability of their own yeah we are fucked there are very few things that we can do well and once in a blue moon there may be a podcast that comes out of hyderabad yeah no thank you subscribe and share yeah and which is why i'm dead against the whole concept of allowing them to go to the point of being sentimental fools that's true um, because we then thrive for that heroic story mm. you know we want that example exceptional story and try to make it the norm and this is another problem i have with us i know how we are i don't know why we are bitching about ourselves but my issue is we try to make good reasons <laughs> <laughs> we take an exceptional sample set yeah and try to make it the generalized behavior right like oh there is this one person who fought with a bear and one that means we have a very fucking slim slimy chance of defeating a bear we make a movie out of it we write books out of it and we try to glorify the story mm. fact of life is we cannot win a fight with a bear on a normal day to day scenario yeah right yeah but we glorify it right so if tomorrow the the picture in my head of the worst case scenario is there is one robot mm. or one whatever sentimental fool mm. that we produced mm-hmm. also developed some amount of 
empathy or mm-hmm. compassion mm-hmm. and like oh what they can't do me any harm they're just useless beings why do i even bother killing them yeah and then we take that story as human beings we come out and say like you know what this is one guy who survived an encounter with a you know senti- sentinel or mm-hmm. what is it called sentient sentient mm. so we can fight them back right whereas i don't know like no, I, I mean <laughs> see 99 ways out of 100 we will we will always, we don't have a doctor strange pointing us their finger saying that this is the one way <laughs> yeah 99 ways out of 100 we will always find a way to ruin ourselves or yeah, destroy ourselves that, that, yeah, is, that seems that is, to be the trend that is who we are <laughs> yeah. at our very core we need to embrace yes that reality exactly um but Yeah, I don't think this episode was one for solutions uh, like the title stated. Yeah. We went into the reasons why this whole topic is not easy. Yeah. If you've not been up to date with the whole AI subject so far, we hope this episode kind of convinced you that okay, there's enough meat to this uh, for you to, you know, be in touch with or yeah. keep getting up to date with. But there is enough smell here. Oh to yeah. Actually smell. Thanks for that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Very descriptive. I hope you just like always, Bogus. Right always. Now. But uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Yes. And what do you guys think about AI? Were there any points we think we left out? Was there anything you wanted to? I'm add? sure we left out a lot of um, points. Definitely, truckloads of points. But you know, uh, is there anything you think you want to add to it? You can definitely reach us at on Instagram. We are at underscore thigap on Twitter and Vero at thigap. And our email is mindsigap at gmail dot com. That's about it, ladies and gentlemen. If you are anywhere close to brute uh, and my age group, mm-hmm. then you With have nothing to worry about. Yeah. All this shit will happen long after we are dead and gone. So yeah. let us focus on making the most of our life uh, while we leave these problems to our children. Yes. And with that, as we always say, Thai Gap Podcast. Subscribe and share. and share